Hey everyone, my name is Steven Overbaugh. You're listening to my podcast and thank you for joining me today. I'm excited for what we're going to get into and study on from the Word of God. I'm excited for the revelation that's going to come forth and I'm expecting great and mighty things during this time. You know, if we'll draw near unto God, He'll draw near unto us, the scripture says. If you'll draw near unto Him with your faith, He'll draw near unto you. He's faithful to do so. When I was I always like to remind people that the order is you draw near unto God first, and he'll draw near unto you. God isn't going to do your part for you. He's already reached out to you. He's already given you his son. He's already delivered you and saved you. And now the scripture says, that we're, and it's in James, that we're to draw near unto God. And that he will draw near unto you. And people always expect God to do everything for them. Well, if God would just speak to me, if God would just talk to me, if God would just show himself to me, if God would just help me. Well, wait, hold on. We can't put that all off on God. Because the scripture says God, the scripture says we're to draw near unto God. Why don't you go talk to God? Why don't you spend some more time praying and seeking him? Why don't you get into his word, get into his book, and find out what he's saying to you and what he's done for you? Why don't you draw near unto him? Scripture says, and it's a promise, that we'll draw near unto God, that he will draw near unto you. And, you know, a lot, again, people don't want to take the time. They want the quick results. They want the fast and quick answers. They don't want to take time. And that scripture which quoting is from James 4, uh, verse 8. Draw nigh unto God, and he will draw nigh unto you. You know, people don't want to... They want the easy road out. They don't want to take time. They don't want to put in the effort. They don't want to make sacrifices today. They want to do what they want to do. And they want God to meet them with where they're at in their life, in their schedule. And if you could just do this, Lord, in the midst of what I'm doing. I don't want to do any extra prayer or any extra seeking. I have so much going on. I'm so busy. So I, I don't have time for that. But Lord, if you'll just do this for me in, in spite of all that, that'd be great. Well, that's not how it works. That's not how it works. Now, I know we wouldn't say that out loud. We wouldn't say that, but that's how people live and act. They don't want to make time for God. They want God to make, they want God to just do all of his wonderful things for them in spite of this, of the, what they have going on in life. But no, we have to draw near unto God so that he can draw near unto us. And I don't want to get ahead of myself, but there's some things we're going to look at today that are going to, I believe, going to bring great truths to you and bring revelation to you. And it's in line with the word of God. And what revelation does is it's anointed to change our life to redirect our life, 
it can put us on a new path and direct us or even at times change course if we're going a certain way when we receive revelation from God it can cause us to change and go in the direction of heaven because the path that we were on was not in line with heaven but revelation from God can change us and redirect our life and it can cause us to come up to a higher place of glory remember Paul said to the church at Ephesus he said in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 16 I cease not to give thanks for you, he said, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the knowledge that's in him. I like to say it's the knowledge that's of Christ, it's the knowledge that's in Christ. And that the eyes of your understanding, the eyes of your spirit, that means, when he says the word understanding there, that's talking about your spirit, the eyes of your spirit being enlightened. The eyes of your spirit. How many know your spirit has eyes? Just like your natural being has eyes. You have eyes in the natural, but you have eyes in the spirit. And our eyes, the eyes of our spirit are so much more important. And they are the eyes that are the gateway to your heart. And Paul prayed, was talking to, to church at Ephesus saying, I'm praying for you that the eyes of your spirit would be enlightened with the light of the word of God, with the light of God. And when it shines unto you, it'll cause you to be different. It'll cause you to change. And he said that you may know, see, what does this light do? When it comes, it shows you. It's so that you may know what is the hope of his calling, his calling, his purpose what he's desiring for you. The riches of the glory of the inheritance and in the saint. What belongs to you in Christ? Redemptive realities. And then it says, what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us word who believe? The power of God being revealed unto you in new and mighty ways to those who believe. Notice it hinges on those that believe. If you believe, if you believe, if you have faith. And so Paul prayed and he said to the God of our the, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory. Notice he's the Father of glory, that he would give unto you. Because see, revelation is a gift. It comes from God. He'll give it to you as you draw near unto him, as you hunger for him, as you desire him, and approach him with a right heart. It doesn't just come to you just automatically. Nothing in the word, nothing in the plan of redemption is automatic. It doesn't just happen automatically. Yes, it's been things have been provided for us. God has provided a wonderful inheritance for us. Yes, all of these things have been provi provided for us. Spiritual blessings. He's blessed us with spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, the scripture says in Ephesians 1.3. All these things have been provided for us. They belong to us. They're ours by right of inheritance. And yet it's not automatically going to just be a reality in, in your life. Unless you take the time to find out what he's given you, what he's done for you. Unless you take the time to seek him and hunger for him. If you take the time to, to correct yourself and get yourself in a position to receive what he has for you. And I think that's really important because we have to position ourselves to receive from God. We have to position ourselves for the next things that God has for us. And I've taught that 
I've taught that especially this year that, you know, God has new levels and new places and greater graces and greater blessings for us in his plan. That was a word from heaven that he gave to me, a word of prophecy that he gave to me at the beginning of this year. But and I've, with that, he said, the scripture, Isaiah 119, if you be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. And so that word of prophecy came for this year. This is the year of those things, he said. And yet so many people will not experience new levels, even though it belongs to them. They won't experience new places or greater graces or greater blessings, even though that's his plan for them. And why? Because... And the Lord showed me this, and this is what I've been teaching, that you have to position yourselves for these things. You have to position yourself or get yourself into a place where he can do this new work in you. Behold, I will do a new thing, he said in Isaiah. Shall you not see it or know it? So you got to position yourself. you got to place yourself in the right state in order to have God's best in your life. And that go, that's why he said that scripture in Isaiah 119, if you be willing. If you be obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. And so we're kind of looking at a bunch of scriptures all tying into one. God has more. And God has revelation for you. And God wants to do new things for you. You got to come unto him in faith. You got to seek him. You got to draw near unto him. And and be ready for the more. But anyways, we're going to look at some different things in the word of God today. If you have your Bibles, we're going to go back to the scripture that we were talking on last time in Matthew chapter 11. And we're going to look at the 25th verse. Matthew chapter 11, verse 25. It says, At that time, Jesus answered and said, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hid these things from the wise and the prudent, and hast revealed them unto babes. Even so, Father, verse 26, for it seemed good in thy sight. All things are delivered unto me of my Father, and no man knoweth the Son but the Father, neither knoweth any man the Father save the Son, and to whomsoever the Son will reveal him. Verse 28 says, Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give thee rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, my burden is light. And like I said, we read this last week, and we expounded on it a little bit. We're going to get into it some more, and I'm excited for what we're going to see here today from the Word of God. But notice he said it, verse 25, at that time, well, if you go back up to prior verses in this same chapter, you'll notice that Jesus was dealing with different cities. He was correcting and rebuking the cities that had rejected him and his ministry. And it was going on during this time. And that's why he said, at this time, Jesus answered and said, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hid these things from the wise and prudent. So what were the things that were hid from these certain people? 
Well, we look back up at these verses, look at verse 23 of the same chapter. He said that there were mighty works that God wanted to do through his son, Jesus. There were mighty things that Jesus was wanting to do in these different places. And things that God wanted to manifest, things that the wonderful works of God that were to be done in these places, and yet they rejected these mighty works. Now, I said it last week, mighty works from God are spiritual and natural. Mighty works can take place from God in the realm of the spirit where you don't see it in the outside. You don't see it in the natural um, outward appearance. You don't see it outwardly, but it's something, a mighty work is being done inwardly in a person's spirit or in the realm of the spirit, in people's hearts. And then mighty works can also be done in the natural where we see miracles and signs and wonders, physical manifestations of the Holy Ghost where people are being healed and touched and great things are being done in the outward, outwardly. And so there's it's twofold there. Mighty works from God are both spiritual and natural. Mighty works in the realm of the spirit, mighty works in the realm of the natural. And God wanted to bring mighty works to these different places. He talked about Chorazin and Bethsaida, and Capernaum. And how these places had rejected him, they would not receive his word, and therefore could not receive his mighty works. Jesus, contrary to what many Christians believe today, did not just go around and start healing and working miracles everywhere he went. Nor was he able to do so in every place he went. Jesus went about teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and then healing. What Jesus did was he went about all the cities and all the villages, and he would teach and preach the word first. The word always came first in Jesus' ministry. You know, the scripture says in Luke chapter 4 that. It talked about his custom. It talked about what Jesus' custom was or what he would do in every single place that he went. He would go into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and he would, the scripture says in Luke 4, verse 18, that he stood up in the synagogue on the Sabbath day. He stood up for to read. He asked for the book of Isaiah. It was delivered to him and he found the place in the book of Isaiah where it is written, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And that was his custom. He would go wherever he went. Now, this wasn't the only thing he taught and preached, but as his custom was, the scripture says, so this is something he did do everywhere he went. This is He'd go into the synagogue, which synagogue in the day for the Jews would have been our church, going to church. And he would go there and he would read the from the prophet Isaiah about himself. This is my ministry. I'm anointed. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. He said, this day is the scripture fulfilled in your ears. And he would bring this message everywhere he went. And then at that point, that place, that place where he was at had a choice. Would they receive his word or not? Would they believe his word or not? Would they accept his word or not? 
I think a better word is the the strongest word there is would they believe his word or not? And if they believed his word, then mighty things could be done. Mighty things were done. Many miracles, signs, and wonders. And we we love to look at those scriptures. We've seen those throughout the gospels, the wonderful things that Jesus was able to do. But if they did not believe his word, he could there do no mighty work. He was not able to do a mighty work in his hometown of Nazareth, the scripture says, in that passage of scripture in Luke 4 we're quoting from. They didn't receive him. They dishonored the man of God and therefore were not able to receive and be blessed by the mighty works that God had for them. So Jesus didn't go about, the scripture says he didn't just go about healing and doing miracles everywhere he went. No, he went about teaching and preaching first. And the word always comes first. You must always bring the word first. And I always like to tell people and teach that if you want to have a, a mighty move of God and great manifestations of the Holy Ghost, you got to bring the word first. The greater the word level is in the people, the greater the move of the Spirit will be amongst them. Where the, where the word is being emphasized, where the word is being placed first, where the the word is being taught and preached, that will set the stage and lay the groundwork for the move of God. And jumping back to what we were talking about here, these different cities that Jesus went to, they rejected his word. They rejected his ministry. He could not do it, what he wanted to do in those places. They dishonored him. They dishonored him. They would not receive the mighty works, which he wanted to bring to them. And so when he's in the context of all of that, he said in verse 25, or he said, I thank thee, Father, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hid these things. What things? The mighty works, the things of God the precious things of God, from the wise and prudent and have revealed them unto babes. Now, we look at that scripture and it says from the wise and prudent. That can be a little confusing and misleading to people because everybody would think in the natural that being wise is a good thing. Being a prudent is a good thing. Those are good words. I had a lady one time, I was teaching this one time, and a lady later on who was in the service I was teaching in wrote me a letter and said that I was teaching bad doctrine because she said that we're supposed to be wise and prudent and used a bunch of different scriptures found in the word to prove her case. And she was arrogant about it. But what I was teaching from verse 25 was that the wise and the prudent person in this context, if you study it out, being wise and prudent here, it talks about how you're wise and prudent in your own eyes. There's an air of pride and and uh, arrogance about you and carrying with it religious hypocrisy. So you have to look at these things. You can't just read over things. You got to study out and, and glean the truths that are found in these words. The wise and the prudent, what Jesus was talking about was those that are self exalting themselves, wise in their own eyes, religious hypocrites, and rejecting and not able to receive 
what God has for them because of their own blindness of their pride and their arrogance. And Jesus said, it's, it's a self-exaltation. It's, it's like having trying to exalt yourself righteous in your own eyes. And he said, these things were hid from those type of people. And he said, I thank thee, Father, you've hid these things from the wise and the prudent, those that are arrogant and prideful in their own self. And have revealed them, notice, revealed them unto babes. Babes here is talking, what Jesus was talking about with those that maintain a right heart and spirit, pure in heart. Their heart is right before God. You could be a a mature Christian, been been a Christian and a believer for 30, 40, 50 years and still be a babe in this context be a babe or someone who has a pure and right spirit those that are hungry for god and continue to maintain that hunger in their life and he said that the things the mighty works the things of god will be revealed unto those that maintain a right spirit and have a right spirit, a heart, a pure heart before God. So you can see right here, this is an issue of the heart. It's about the heart. The wise and the prudent that Jesus was talking about, he's talking about the condition of their heart. And their condition of their heart was in such a place that they could not receive what God had for them. And that God was therefore hiding or not revealing what he had for them. Their heart was in a condition that was not right in his sight. Their spiritually, their spiritual condition wasn't right. But then the ones that their heart was right, their heart was pure, they had a right spirit around them, their heart was in a condition where they could receive from God. And notice he said in verse 26, even so, Father, and he's ta- notice that he's talking to Father God here. It seemed good in thy sight. And somebody, see, this kind of things people don't understand or they even take offense at it. Or they, they just don't, they don't get it because they, they don't understand how could God ever want to hide things from people? How could he ever see, how could it ever be good to hide and not reveal himself and his word to people in their lives? Well, wait a second. Is God really wanting to hide himself and his word from people? Or are people not positioning themselves to let God reveal himself? It seemed good in the sight of God. Some people, they don't understand this part of God. They think that God is so loving and so kind that he would just show them himself constantly, do wonderful things for them no matter what. Reveal his word to them no matter what. Use them mightily no matter what. And yes, God is kind and love and good. But that's not how he does things. That's not how he is. No. Your heart and the condition of your heart will determine if God is able to reveal things to you or not. Your condition, the condition of your spirit or your heart, will determine if he can use you or not. If he can 
show himself to you or not, show himself in new, reveal himself to you or not. It determines that. Your heart. The condition of your heart. Yes, it does seem good for God to hide these things from the wise and the prudent or those whose heart is not right in his sight. And I'll say this, that for those that have at one time walked with the Lord but have allowed their heart to become hardened because of situations in life or circumstances in life or offenses and unforgiveness or whatever the case may be, over time, if you don't deal with those things, if you don't maintain and take heed to yourself, like the scripture talks about, and keep your heart with all diligence, then over time, you can start to depart from that tenderness. You can get jaded and and bitter in your heart, and you can and those things will start to get down into your spirit, and then more and more the Lord will not be able to use you like He wanted to. More and more He'll begin to hide things. More and more the revelation and the the light will not shine like it used to. You can depart from these things. It can be a progression. And I've seen that progression in a lot of people over the years. Watching um, people come through the doors of the church. Because I grew up in a pastor's home. I grew up watching people over the years. I've been in ministry for, grew up in ministry for all my life. And been teaching and preaching, teaching in the ministry since I was 18 years old. So I've been in it for about 10 years now. I've seen a lot of people that... they, if they didn't take heed unto themselves, if they didn't correct things in their life, this is very important. If they didn't, if they didn't maintain a right heart and spirit before God, that it it's a progression downward. Over time, they would progress away from the things of God. It was is a deteriorate deterioration, so to speak, or it would begin to wear them down to the point where they couldn't even receive from God, where they once were excited about the things of God and the Word of God. All of a sudden, over time, they they begin to lose those things, and they weren't even the same person after a while. It happens, and it always comes with a compromise. It always starts with a compromise. You compromise in one area, you you disobey in one area. You don't correct something one time, or even in a small area. And if you let it go and you don't deal with it, if you don't repent, then it can fester there. And then one act of disobedience can lead to other acts of disobedience. One act of rebellion can lead to other acts of rebellion. One act of bitterness or allowing bitterness and unforgiveness in your life can lead to more unforgiveness and more bitterness. Now notice what Jesus said in verse 27, All things are delivered unto me out of my of my Father, and no man knoweth the Son but the Father. Neither knoweth any man the Father, save the Son, and he to whomsoever the Father or the Son will reveal him. Notice, he to whomsoever the Son will reveal him. The Son and the Father, they're pointing at each other. The Father will reveal the Son, the Son will reveal the Father. But notice there's a condition. It's he to whomsoever the Son will reveal. Note it, that's almost like the Son it's cho- it's a choice. He's choosing who he can reveal himself to and his father to and who he cannot. And it goes back and points back to that condition of your heart. There's just some people that God cannot reveal himself to. There's just some people that the son of God cannot reveal the father to. 
There's just some people that the Father is not able to reach them and get to them any longer. There's just some people that that their heart is so jaded and bitter, they can't even hear from God anymore. Their conscience is seared. Their heart is is clouded. Can you be born again and have a clouded heart? Absolutely. Can you be born again and and have a bitter heart, a calloused heart? Absolutely. There's just and and hearing from God is so important. And when people get allow these things in their life and they get to this place in their life, this state in their heart, this over t- it causes them to be unable to hear the voice of God in their life. They begin to not they are or they start to be unable to hear from the word of God and to hear the voice of God in their own spirits. They get to a place where they just can't hear anymore. They don't hear, they don't recognize anymore what he's saying to them. And then in J- I want to notice this or point out the scripture in verse 28. It says, Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I've seen a lot of ministers teach this portion of scripture. They they isolate the verse 28, 29, and 30, and that's what they teach from. But I want you to notice, and I want to point out, that Jesus has not changed topics here. He's not... He's not switched, and now he's talking about something else. No, he's still talking about the same thing, the condition or the issue of your heart, the things which God is able to reveal to you, or the kind of people that he's able to reveal himself to, and the kind of people that he is not able to reveal himself to. He has not changed subjects, and Jesus said, Come unto me. Come unto me. So what is he talking about here? The way that you come unto God matters. The way that you approach God matters. And it matters in the eyes of God, the condition of your heart. Your heart and how you approach God and how you come unto God will determine if you qualify for the rest of this verse. Because he said, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. See, we want rest in our lives. We want peace in our lives. We want to we want to to have joy in our lives. We want to have uh fulfillment in our lives and blessing in our lives. But a lot of people don't qualify for that rest. They don't qualify for the blessings of God because their heart is in a place that is not right in his sight. Their heart isn't right before God. Their heart isn't pure any longer. And the way we come unto God, cuz he said come unto me, right? matters. The way we approach God, the way we come unto him matters. Are we coming in a wise in a um humble honorable state in our heart? Are we coming with hunger in our heart? Are we coming with humility before God or are we coming with arrogance and pride and hypocrisy and oh this is a big one, excuses, coming to God with excuses? Coming to God in unforgiveness. You see, God sees the condition of your heart. You cannot hide your heart from God. You cannot pretend with God. You cannot fake it with God. He knows 
where you're at and your, the, your spiritual state is or the state of your heart. And if you're coming unto God in such a way of trying to accuse others or trying to exalt yourself or trying to make excuses for your behavior or anything like that, he sees that. And that's not the way we're supposed to approach God. Jesus said, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. The point in the verse 28 that we're emphasizing right here is the way we come unto God, it matters. How we come unto God will matters because it will determine whether or not you can get, find the rest that he has for you. If you come unto him with a right heart, with a pure heart, then you can bring your labors and your all those things that are weighing you down and he will take care of those things for you and give you rest. But if you come unto God with arrogance and pride and like I said, excuses and your heart's not right before God for whatever reason, but you still come unto him in that in that kind of with that kind of a heart, then he's not able to take those things from you, to get, take those labors and those things that are weighing you down and give you rest. He's not able to do it. The way we come unto God matters. And I'll also say this, coming unto God and trying to exercise your faith for different things, trying to believe God for one thing or another, or trying to exercise your faith to move mountains in your life or to receive from God or anything like that. Trying to do that, but then having unforgiveness and hatred towards your brother or sister is going to short circuit the power of God in your life. Your faith will not work properly like it should. You're not going to be able to, you're not going to be able to receive from God like you should because you're, you're living in hypocrisy. You can't love God and hate your brother. The scripture says, first John talks about that. If you say you love God and hate your brother, you're a liar and the truth is not in you. You're walking in darkness. Come unto me, Jesus said, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. You know, labors and things that are weighing down, things that are heavy, they can cause us to become bitter at times or cause us to be worn out spiritually. They can they can try to wear us out and and they can really challenge our faith. But even when our faith is being challenged and our ministries are being challenged and our relationships are being challenged and our walk with the Lord is being challenged, if we'll maintain a right spirit, if we'll maintain the right heart, we can come unto God and He can give us that rest. Notice in verse 29 it says, Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. I am meek and lowly in heart. Jesus revealed to us the kind of heart that we're supposed to have. Jesus said, I'm meek and lowly in heart. The word means gent lowly means gentle or mild or humble. I am meek and humble in heart. That's the kind of heart that Jesus had and wants us to have. What he's revealing to us is we're to have the same kind of heart and spirit that he has. And it's that kind of a heart and a spirit that is going to be able to find rest. It's that kind of an approach to God, the way coming to God with that kind of a 
attitude or coming to God with that kind of a heart is what will cause us to find rest for our souls. See, you can come in to God in your, your own way, trying to prove that you're right and somebody else is wrong. You can come to God and not deal with things and and not even maintain your spirit and not take heed unto yourself and get you know bitter and angry on the inside. You can come unto God that way, but you will not find rest for your souls. You will not find the peace that you're looking for. I've seen people, they've tried so many times to got, find answers. And I think answers is the one is one of those things that people are constantly looking for. They want to come to God with it to find answers. Lord, why is this? Why is that? Lord, help me with this. Help me with that. And he's not able to help them because they've neglected some things in their life. Their heart has become bitter. And you know, I'll say this. If you get bitter towards people, you'll eventually get bitter towards God. You get angry at God. For my yoke is easy, Jesus said, and my burden is light. Don't let labors and burdens wear you down and get you hard-hearted. But stay pure in heart, stay tender in heart, stay meek and humble, and come unto God in faith. Approach Him with the right kind of a spirit so that He can give you His rest, so that He can take those things from you, and so that you can walk in peace and blessing in your life. Amen. Guys, I trust this was a blessing to you. I think it's a good reminder for all of us to maintain our heart. The Proverbs 4, chapter 4, verse, I believe it's 23, says, keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of, the, out of it are the issues of life. The word has much to say, says much about the heart and the heart of man and the kind of heart that we're supposed to have. And so it's important that when we come unto God, we come unto him with the right kind of heart. The way we come unto God matters. So we're going to get into this more later. But for now, thank you for listening to the podcast. You can follow the ministry on Facebook and YouTube. You can go on our website, stephenoverbaugh.com. And you can find out what next events are going to be taking place. And keep up to date with the ministry. Thanks for listening today. Have a great day, y'all.